broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts. You're listening to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. Welcome back to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. I'm your host, Lori Brooks, and this is episode 36. I am super pleased to welcome to the show today, Heidi Kingsbury, an animal behavior college mentor trainer. Heidi Kingsbury is a licensed professional animal trainer with 20 years experience working with canines and their owners. Her passion for animal training began while she was in graduate school at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. While studying psychotherapy, Heidi began to see the importance of utilizing canines in therapy to help her patients open up and feel at ease when working through difficult times. Heidi is a certified mentor trainer for the most prestigious and reputable dog training programs in the U.S., including the Animal Behavior College. She has personally trained dozens of students, both through ABC and independently through her own company, Heidi's Canine Services. She's a licensed and certified American Kennel Club evaluator for both Canine Good Citizens and AKC Puppy Star programs. She's also an active member of the Association of Professional Dog Trainers. Heidi, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity, Lori. Certainly, we're super excited to have you here. You have gone from psychotherapy to animal training But please, we'd like to go ahead and rewind the clock just a little bit further. Why don't you tell us the story of how it is you saw the future long before you decided to begin branding yourself or building out a business? Did you see yourself as a psychotherapist or, you know, what did you think you were going to do in the future when you were in high school? I'm sort of ridiculing myself, mocking myself, because in high school... What I, I, I was sort of lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I loved animals, so I went to a school to specialize in becoming a veterinarian, actually. And it was called CSU, Colorado State University. And they had a really good veterinarian program. But I was really bad at excelling in the sciences. So that's my passion. That was my passion with animals. But I went there, and I did not excel. You thought that you were going to be working with animals. You didn't feel yeah. like you, you, you know, were able to move forward in that area. So what, did, what were some of the first steps that you took once you did decide, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and begin a business of my own. I think I'm going to work for myself. Or did you start off working for yourself straight out of, you know, college? And and how did you transition from college into where you are today? Well, overtly, I did not excel, as I explained, in the, to, to sort of proceed to become a veterinarian. So thus, I went into the social sciences, which I'm just going to be candid. They were easier. I felt like psychology, that's easy. I'll just pursue psychology. <laughs> so, psychology, anybody can pass psychology. I couldn't do, like, yeah, hardcore sciences. So, what happened was I did that, and um, that, um, I was able to, you know, do well and excel in social sciences. And I, beca- I became passionate about, being, I wanted to become a therapist and help people. So that's how that came about. And then um, what happened was I worked for corporations, I worked for the government, and then I decided that I don't really want to work for 
to be my own person. Mm -hmm. I want to have the sort of independence to excel through being able to help people on my own and not through a system, if that makes sense, Lori. No, it totally does. And do you feel like there was a specific moment that sparked that for you? There was. There was an epiphany. I was probably at my eighth hospital when I got, I used to get into trouble. I'm going to be very candid. Trouble. A lot. <laughs> I would break rules. I would break rules. I took women, I ran women's groups, psychotherapy groups in hospitals, and I just felt like the edifice was not a structure for women to talk about their, you know, sort of post-traumatic stress disorder issues or whatever. So we'd go outside, and that would break a rule. And <laughs> I would get in trouble. Not like, you know, trouble where you're going to be fired, but with Heidi, you're breaking rules. Right. So I, um, I had a mentor at that point that said, you know what, sweetie, you're really, really good with people. You're a great therapist. But you're not good with following rules. So I don't see you get in trouble. So perhaps you should rethink what you're doing and work for you start your own corporation and do your own thing. And that was the catalyst to lead me to start my LLC. And that was in nineteen that was sixteen years ago. Wow. Wow, that's an awesome story. I love hearing what the catalyst is for someone else's journey. Um, I know what the what the moment was for me. You know, it was my diagnosis with Crohn's that really pushed me into working for myself. So it's it's always interesting for me to hear, you know, what it is that sparks someone else's journey. When you were working with your mentors, what do you feel was the biggest piece that your mentors helped you with? How do you feel they contributed to your journey? Um, I think that I did not believe in myself early on when I was young. Mm -hmm. And having an experience, and I was actually going to point out, it was at Northeastern University, right, where I actually I went to several undergrad schools, but I graduated from Northeastern. And I had a professor, named is Professor Jack Levin, and he took me under his wing. And he believed in me, and he empowered me, and he actually, he gave me jobs, he gave me, yeah, he said, let's, what, can you help me do research, can you do this, that, and that empowered me, because I had no, I was, you know, many young people um, don't have a lot of self-confidence. Right. I really have confidence in myself, but to have a mentor like that, to believe in you, really was instrumental in my believing in myself. So that, and the other component of what I'm going to bring up again, Northeastern University, the whole concept that they have this internship program where you are actually placed sort of in vivo in work. They give you jobs. And being in a field where you're actually working was key to my, anybody, I think, because I mentor kids now that are going to Northeastern. And I ask them, what, what's the most important part of Northeastern? And they say that we have this co-op, there's a co-op program, and they put you in a field, in your field, in a field you're interested in, and you get hands-on experience, and you have mentors that take you on, and she or he believes in you, and that is very empowering. So that was very, very, very helpful, and I would say, you know, helping sort of me to develop as an entrepreneur, if I am not, I don't know what I am, <laughs> but I, I am something. I mean, 
but um, that that helped a lot. So I just wanted to point out that I think mentorships are important, and getting into the field is important, and having people believe in you is important. Certainly, certainly. Surrounding yourself with with positive, supportive uh, people uh, is is one of those pieces one of the keys to keeping your mindset in the place where it needs to be uh, in order to reach that success, uh, whatever that success, you know, whatever that definition of success is for you. So once you went ahead and decided, you know what, I don't want to work for other people. I'm tired of being concerned with, you know, being compliant with the rules per se. What do you feel like was the hardest part of starting uh, your first business? Wow, that's a hard question. <laughs> I would say I was so um, I was molded and shaped by I was I worked at three veteran VAs, um, veteran administration hospitals, and mm-hmm. they they're very they govern. There's a lot of rules, and you have to be very compliant. So for me, the hardest and that felt good to me. I was in school for many many years. I stayed in college because that felt safe and comfort. Like, I knew how to do, I could master college. I knew right. how to do that. Right. I did research, I could do that. So I think, and then the VA system, the same thing. I knew how to sort of govern and sort of master that. So I think the hardest thing when I branched out on my own was to say, I am independent. I do not need a system to mold and shape me, but I can, in fact, actually you know, believe in myself, and I think spirituality helped me a lot, and I've been very blessed in that I don't really conform to a particular religion, but, like, I was, like, had opportunities to work with people like Louise Hay, who's an amazing woman who has, like, metaphysical causations for things like diseases like Crohn's or Bernie Siegel, or I've worked, I had a lot of spiritual teachers, so I would say just with my background, I had an aunt that influenced me, and, and she turned me on to different sort of practices spiritually, spiritual practices. So that, I would say, influenced me a lot. So the spiritual component, the sort of being influenced by people that are very powerful, helped influence me to believe in myself. As an entrepreneur, you need to be strong, believe in yourself, be a good leader, but also listen, and I was guided and taught that. That's excellent. I love the fact that you mentioned how important it is to have mentors because it's a really um, difficult thing to be uh, attempting to go on this entrepreneurial journey in an individualized manner. Uh, There's a lot of solo work that that is done as an entrepreneur and to not surround yourself with those who can assist you, who can uplift you, who can give you that advice is is extremely important. Um, So definitely thank you for adding that piece in there. Tell us a little bit about um, your first business and the transition into Heidi's Canine Services and how that transition came about. Um, how that came about was I recognized that it was very difficult for me to operate in a system and it would be easier to sort of start my own entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and do my own thing. And what I realized is that I need help. I cannot do this on my own. And there are actually systems in place 
that operated to facilitate growth. Um, one was called SCORE, and it's actually a nonprofit that helps facilitate and foster people to learn how to create their own business. Yes. And how to sort of, yeah, you know, acknowledge and sort of edify themselves. So mm -hmm. I realized, I acknowledged I need help, A. B, then I decided that I need to find mentors because that's how I, you know, was raised. I was mentored. Right. And then I did that, and that's how it sort of took off. What was it that sparked the idea of merging those two services? Well, since I was a young girl, I had always volunteered in shelters because I had an affinity for animals. Mm -hmm. I have recollections of being five and saving birds or trying to rescue a bird with <laughs> a broken wing. With a pop, you know, what, like a, with a, what do you call it? A, a pasta? A, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm not But yeah, I always had an affinity for helping animals, so I always, thus I always volunteered in shelters. Right. And I did that throughout my life, um, early life. And then I decided, I'm not really answering your question, Lori, I'm sorry. But then no, I decided that people were really difficult to work with in that you, you have to really hit rock bottom to want to change. And I got not, I got sort of frustrated because I felt like as a psychotherapist, I found it sort of frustrating to try to help people because they want to, they have to hit bottom and want to help themselves. So mm. thus, I made the decision to say, what, what can I do? You know what I mean? I'm not being effective as a therapist. So how can I help sort of humankind, animal kind, in a way where I'm giving back to the world? And I realized that I went back to my childhood, like I said, in helping animals. And animals are easier to help than people. And then I found a way one the two. What really occurred was it wasn't even, you know, the mentors that stepped in. It wasn't even necessarily, I mean, they may have sparked something in you that helped you to blend the two in some form or fashion as a business idea, but it really came from an internal recognition of a love for animals and something that you had a passion for initially, as well as a love for uh, psychotherapy and assisting people, but also recognizing the difficulties that you were having as a psychotherapist to be effective in certain areas, and the thought of, okay, well, how can you merge these two to really still be effective? And that sometimes is one of the most important pieces of business is the ability to pivot, the ability to shift, and the ability to be honest with yourself and recognize when there are moments that, you know what, this is not my strong suit, so let me figure out what my strong suit is so that I can make that uh, still something I can provide for others and, and still make a contribution to the world without, you know, necessarily sticking with this initial idea. Um, because oftentimes your initial idea is not the path that your entrepreneurial journey ends up on, which, you know, is, is what I was highlighting with Brandon's journey being so unique in, in that he just, you know, knew what it was and has stuck with it and has been successful. Um, it, but to, you know, understand and recognize that, you know what, this aspect of what I'm doing isn't necessarily 
where my strong suit is, but I do have this specialty and it can still be of service. So I, I thought that was an excellent explanation of it. Ivy, what do you feel was the actual key to your success? Do you feel like it was, you know, your mindset or was it keeping organized? Um, you know, was it the moment when you figured out that you really wanted to meld the two and turn it into a psychotherapy service for owners and their pets? Or do you feel like it was as you began building out the services and growing with clients? What do you feel like was the real uh, takeoff point for you? To me, the takeoff point would have been giving back. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was pretty um, green. So what I needed to do was give back to my community. Mm -hmm. So I went online and I said, what can I do to give back to learn so I can grow as an entrepreneur? And I found out there's organizations where they need people where you can learn and grow. So I got involved with organizations that enhanced my abilities and really taught me sort of what I need to do. So whether it was, I've been involved with an organization called the a national association, it's called the AAUW, the National mm -hmm. Association of University of Women. So I started doing that 16 years ago where you volunteer in the school system to um, empower elementary school children in math and science. I started giving back, and that was one milieu, but I did many milieus. I worked in nursing homes, volunteering with animals. I worked in... Um, yeah, to the hospital, bringing animals to the hospital. And I think that helped me realize that if I can sort of, you know, go into the community and learn from others, that can be sort of instrumental in helping me learn to be able to become an entrepreneur. Right. It took years, though. It didn't happen overnight. It was a journey. It was a process. It was, right. It was definitely, yeah. Certainly. And I think that that can be one of the trickier pieces. I'm glad you said that as well. Um, it's, it's funny. Many people become entrepreneurs to find the freedom and find the extra time uh, to have with friends and family. And when they uh, become overwhelmed with the actual processes and uh, real back end of running a business, because it becomes so overwhelming, uh, the, the other tasks that are involved with running a business. So a lot of people tend to, uh, you know, either close up shop or that's the point where they figure out it's time to delegate and it's time to grow, um, you know, from being an entrepreneur to, you know, having staff or having contractors that you do work with that you can go ahead and delegate the work out to. Um, do you feel like this is one of the uh, more important pieces that an entrepreneur should kind of take into consideration prior to delving in? Uh, what do you feel is one of the most important pieces? It's pivotal. It's pivotal. The only way to succeed as being an entrepreneur is to give back mm -hmm. and then to take on and mentor, which is what I did. So um, I think it's very important be able to say, I know nothing, no thing, nothing, right. to give back. And thus in doing that, you're, you're acknowledging that you need to learn, that you need to learn. Right. And through doing that, eventually, people came to me and said, will you mentor me? So after doing that, I was called by an association, an animal association, 
saying, can you be a mentor? Because you're really good at what you do. Right. So not just on erudite, but it took, you know, those years of giving back and learning that you've got to give back. Right. You learn that, yeah, through doing that, that you're going to eventually be called on as a mentor. Growing your own mind uh, and investing in your own education and your own knowledge is, is something that should be implemented and put into your schedule immediately from day one because as entrepreneurs we can't grow unless we continue to learn and to be able to give back and continue learning as you give back um, is a very instrumental piece because I find as as I take on interns or you know mentor and so forth I find that I learn myself um, from the from the mentee from you know so it's it's a two-way street you're always learning as you go and if you don't continue learning you become stagnant and it's really difficult to continue helping others um, you know and to be able to give back if you're not learning anything new yourself there it's it's stagnant in the information that you can help to give back so no definitely I, I totally agree um, Heidi, do you have a favorite tip or a trick or, you know, an application or even a book or something that we can share with the audience that you feel like would really help them on their entrepreneurial journey? Yes, I am actually in the process. I'm, in, I'm writing a book, and awesome. it's in the process of being edited now. Um, I don't know if it can help anybody because I think everybody needs to have their own journey. Mm -hmm. So and calling, and I think that, you know, again, I don't want to get back to spirituality, but there's a big part of me that feels like you need to have your own calling as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. and to know, like, what it is, right. and to have catalysts, and to have, you know, people, places, things that help you, but um, I am working on a book, and um, I'm hoping that that book helps people, it's about the relationship between animals, people, and psychotherapy, mm -hmm. um, but my thought would be for people to follow their gut and to, again, not to sound wooey, and sort of, I live in a place called Santa Fe, New Mexico, where we're known to be very new agey and sort of <laughs> but I am very into, I'm empirically trained, I was trained in Madison, I have my master's degree in, you know, in social sciences, but I was very empirically trained. But I think we need to be driven, and if we know what our passion is, and we can follow it and believe in it and never give up, my thought is do not give up. Never give up. Do not let obstacles get in your way, ever. You know, do not let things break you down. If there is a break, if something comes upon you that you feel like is a hindrance, it's not a hindrance. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to grow and look at it, reframe it. So I always try to reframe things as it's not a negative thing, it's an opportunity. Right. No, it doesn't be negative. Does that make sense? Certainly. No, definitely. I, I think you touched upon a couple of different things. The book is really going to explain uh, the relationship between animals, people, and the psychotherapy relationship there um, and how people can really be assisted by that. I love the way that you also pulled out the piece of how important it is to recognize the learning 
in each and every moment because that is another piece that I try to stress to the audience is that, you know, for every moment that you consider in your own mind logically as a failure, you really need to flip that for yourself and recognize that it's just a learning experience because as long as you take feedback from that moment, whatever the feedback is, as long as you take feedback, even your own self-feedback of really taking a step back and looking at a moment, it's a learning moment and that's a positive thing in and of itself. It's, it's So I love that piece. For me, there's no failures. There's only opportunities. Exactly. And when people understand if they can reframe a failure as an opportunity, they can actually bridge that gap and go on and not get derailed and, and realize they can succeed. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, give up. Right. They give up they see something as a defeat. And they don't realize it's really an opportunity to reframe it as, as an opportunity. Right. Right. No, definitely. Um, you really have to keep your eyes open for the opportunities is, is uh, you know, key along the journey. The opportunities and the ability to pivot for those opportunities um, is really something that that uh, can assist in you know becoming the key to success. So Heidi, the show is really designed to help entrepreneurs come up with ideas for new innovative companies in an industry that they may not have really thought of. So we would love to help you solve the pain in your industry. If you had a magic wand and could change anything at all in your business, what would it be and why? Um, I'm an advocate for animal rights. Mm -hmm. If I could change anything, it would probably be to empower people to invest more time, heart, soul, and money into these organizations mm. so we can help children and animals Small children and animals are not advocates. They cannot be advocates. But as adults, we can be. Mm -hmm. So my part would be to empower people to give back more to organizations, whether it's volunteering in a shelter to walk a dog or clean a kennel, or whether it's, you know, being sort of lofty and giving back fiscally. But that would be my thought. I love that you're looking to just make the change across the board to assist in animal rights in any way, shape, or form, um, and to just have more people continue giving back. Um, so, Heidi, please share the best way for our listeners to find you. Oh, people can reach me either through my email address, which is hkwoof at aol.com, or my LinkedIn address, which is Heidi Kingsbury or aboutme.com, which is, again, HeidiKingsbury, Find yourself a couple of mentors. It doesn't have to be just one. Find positive peers, people who are going to support you on this journey and have faith in what it is that you're doing, even if they don't necessarily understand it. It's just really important to have people who are positive and supportive of what it is that you are attempting to embark on. So, Heidi, thank you once again for joining us this week. Don't forget to reach out to Heidi. You can find her at petwebdesigns.com forward slash Heidi's Canine Services. Or you can always reach her through our show notes page at technologyequality.com forward slash Heidi Kingsbury. Thank you once again, Techie Community, for joining us here for this episode 36. If you have tuned in week after week and you're enjoying the episodes, 
Don't forget to head on over to iTunes and subscribe so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. So head over to iTunes, subscribe, and while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. We're looking forward to hearing your feedback on the show. It's much appreciated. And until our next episode, when we continue to hear the journey, find the pain and create solutions, enjoy the week.